It's a light and heartwarming tale about genetics, racism, and the brutal psychological toll of a long-standing war. It's Watchbox! Everybody, hello world, what's happening? This is Ben. Welcome to Watchbots. Still Ben. Joined this evening, this session by Shailen. Hello. Hello. A little less dapper than usual. A little less happy sounding. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right. You sure? You sound a little, your hello had a little less lilt to it. Hello. That's better. There we go. All is well. And by Dave. I'll have I'll put a lot of lilt on mine. Hello. Oh, hello. 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 So we talk a lot about pop culture and movies and stuff, and it's rare to be excited by things these days, right? You know, things just kind of suck. But I saw a movie yeah. trailer today that really excited me to return to the theaters. And that is, of course, for Jackass Forever. <laughs> um <laughs> Jackass, it's one of those rare things that, like, I was with it when it was in in the zeitgeist, right? Like, when it was big on MTV in the late 90s, early 2000s. Maybe it was just early 2000s. I had an awareness of some of those guys from the CKY videos, and then the movies came out. And say what you will, Jackass, of course, is, like, dumb physical comedy, but there's this real earnestness and purity behind it <laughs> yeah i'm talking about jackass but jackass is awesome <laughs> <laughs> especially by the third movie there's like a camaraderie around these guys like yeah. they're not i mean they obviously they're trying to hurt each other but like they're also like trying to take care of each other as well like it was like became heartwarming almost as they launched steve-o in a porter potty that was full of shit it's, it's a strange a strange dichotomy over the years, you know, some of these guys have stayed in the public eye. Johnny Knoxville, to some extent, Steve-O, and uh, good on him for getting clean, all that good stuff. But some of these guys, just I think they're like skateboard shop owners or whatever. So to bring them all back together, and they're looking older, and the trailer is, you know, them acknowledging that they're older <laughs> and still doing this, you know, crazy-ass stuff. Like, it just, it looks fantastic. I'm legitimately very excited to see <laughs> Jackass Forever and that is the most perfect possible name for that movie. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I um, was in a Jackass style video back in college. Mm-hmm. What, good was, time. what was it all about? It was called Sexy Results. Mm-hmm. Let's see what I did on that video. Um, I sat on a recliner, which was put on a skateboard, and then shoved down a hallway through some doors. It was pretty fun. Hmm. Did you get hurt? or No. It's fine. I don't know. It's, it's, Did I get hurt? Yeah, I uh, I broke my neck. <laughs> good, good. That's what I, I watched them. the Jackass videos for. See if, like, you know, for the for the injuries. You know, are they are they going to make it <laughs> for the injuries? Yeah. 
You know, only one of them has died, I think, and that oh. was unrelated. He Paul Walkered. Yeah, yeah. Oh. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. to Ryan, Ryan. Dunn and, and to Paul Walker both. But yeah, that's Jackass. I downloaded probably it was at some point during the pandemic the complete Jackass. So like every single episode and <laughs> like the movies and all the associated stuff. And it's funny because some of those episodes got released to DVD and to iTunes and stuff, and they look pretty good. But some of them. They, you know, they were broadcast initially. They were captured on the internet and then never saw any kind of release past to that. So they're like the size of a thumbnail. They have that enormous Divix video thing down in the down in the corner. Everything looks like granulated shit. But oh yeah, it was like um, that was like when you downloaded porn off a of LimeWire or Kazaa. Yeah, the like classic two thousand three style video, like you yeah. played in real player and all that stuff. It was how the Jackass videos were intended in their natural state to be viewed. Mm-hmm. Nothing glossy, nothing HD. They're not enhanced. They're just all natural. <laughs> Much like the porn you would download off a of LimeWire or Kazaa. The TV show, especially, was something you could lose entire nights to, just yeah. watching that over and over and over again if you had the collection. Like, yeah. Could yeah. and do. And do. Yeah, Shailen and I have spent some nights doing that. And the Jackass movies will sometimes be on IFC, like Saturday nights, like two in the morning. And it's the perfect, like, oh man, I'm fucking trash and I'm just going <laughs> to watch this stuff. <laughs> it's the purest form of comedy imaginable. And I, as I recall, those movies have got pretty good Rotten Tomatoes scores too. <laughs> and I don't know, like, why that matters, but there's something about that that's so wonderful. You know, like a movie built around increasingly complex stunts like the total epitome of a life dedicated to bullshit it's fantastic a life that i wish i could have somehow lived and i'm sorry that i'm just not that fun a life well lived jackass crew did not have a lot of females does not have a lot of females they had one originally and she broke her back in like a ski stunt or something womp womp yeah i hope she's okay I think she's fine now. Uh, there's no, there's no ill will. So, you know, from the, the pure joy of jackass, we're going to go completely the other direction for this week's show. Potentially the most dour cartoon we've ever watched, and that is <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good word. Yeah. It's not Exo Squad, which I thought it was. It's Exo Squad, all one word. You might see the logo and see big yellow EXO, and then Squad superimposed over it to lead you to believe it's two words, but no. It's just Exo Squad. And that's what we're talking about is the Exo Squad and why? I've been kind of a sci-fi kick lately, but then also mm-hmm. digging old toys too. And you know, you've got your your classic Ghostbusters, your classic Gem and Barbies sure. and Ninja Turtles and you know the things that you most people remember. But I remember one toy line that was pretty fucking kick ass, and that was Exo Squad. The G.I. Joe sized figures that go into the, into the E-frames or the mechs, if you will. Those toys were fun to play with. Really intricate, really well detailed, at least for, you know, for toys back then. And so it's kind of, I'll, I'll check that out. Plus I've been like, you know, wanting to watch like some Star Trek or Blade Runner or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, in the show, I just stumbled upon this show. I remember like, oh, this, I remember watching this a lot as a kid. What I've discovered upon rewatch is, more of a cartoon for a 37-year-old and not a not a nine-year-old. Some heavy shit going on. Yeah, it's like a, a Rick and Morty. Is that accurate? Pickle Rick, bitch. <laughs> Just like that. 
That, you just wanted to yell that. It's one for the dads. I do like yelling pickle rick. Get that sauce. Szechuan sauce. Exo Squad, at its core, is a movie about war, torture. TV show? Eugenics. What did I say? Movie. Well, it doesn't matter. Who it cares? does. Who cares? Exo Squad is a TV show about political correctness, Nazis, eugenics, racism, death. Violence. Heady stuff for nineteen ninety three. Colonialism. Amazing hair. <laughs> Just crazy stuff. Permanent death, too. Not like your G.I. Joe sometimes. or your Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes. But not not your G.I. Joe's or your um your Chuck Norris action hours or whatever. Like th- these deaths, people don't explode and then come up out of the water bobbing. Like there are some permanent things going on here. Back when we first conceptualized uh, this this particular podcast, I had this idea of, oh, you know, in G.I. Joe, when like the Cobras or the Joes get shot down, there's always the big explosion. And then just right before the cut, there's like a parachute that pops up. And I thought, oh, it'd be funny to, to track over time how many people like die, but don't. And then we started talking about like Scooby-Doo and things like that. And an idea <laughs> went by the wayside. You know, not all ideas are good. But in Exo Squad, yeah, people just... Eat shit, it. and they yeah. fucking bit it, and they die. Yeah. <laughs> they got red shirt, man. They're ready. <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. Have you guys seen this? Did you guys watch this before? I certainly didn't. I didn't have the toys. This was so outside of my awareness that I just stared slackjaw at the TV and couldn't take notes the first time time around, and had to watch it a second time to even like get a concept for what we have tried to watch. Mm. Yeah, I know it's it's operatic. I get it. It's a lot. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I certainly had some of the toys, and we'll talk about the toys. And I'm sure that I watched this, but I have no memory of it. I wasn't picturing this war-torn future where swoopy <laughs> hair. That's Lieutenant Swoopy Hair to you. People screaming was the norm. You know, the apocalypse yeah. now of our time. I think what I remember as a kid from this show was it being associated with the toys. And I mostly made up the storylines with the toys. And now... Now it's like, well, I can remember why I didn't like the. I liked the cartoon, but I remember why I liked the cartoon it was because of the toy line. It wasn't because of mm-hmm. this long, winding storyline. Even though that's right up my alley, episodic and kind of the story continues throughout a lot of the seasons and evolves throughout the seasons. Like that's usually up my um, up my alley. But I don't remember anything, and I don't. I think I was just too young to understand the the themes that were being explored there. It's like how I was really into the TV show Dear John when I was a kid. Yeah, and then as an like adult, that. I'm like, Dear what John? on earth? What, what on earth was I into about this show? Was it the part where it had Judd Nelson and he got a letter and he was named John? Maybe. And called it Dear John. Maybe. Was it Judd Nelson to- or Judd Hirsch? Judd Hirsch. God damn. But both of them are named Judd to- and both of them are irrelevant now, so it doesn't really matter. Whoa! No, no, no. Whoa. Not my David. Not my David. Whoa, heavy shots. What What about Judd from the real world? The comic book artist? Outside of my awareness Judd circle. Judd Bichler was that guy's name? No, he's I don't not. know if that name's right or not. He's a <laughs> he's a porn actor now. Um, That's right. A, a porno called Pullin' Judd. They all are. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting we talked about how heavy this show is because the guy who concepted it from the beginning, his name is uh, Jeff Siegel, Jeff Segal. I don't know. He basically worked on all the cartoons, uh, most notably head writer for GoBots. So that's right. pr- pr- 
pretty good place to come from. And he became the president of Universal Cartoon Studios, where he wanted to make a, quote, robotic boy action property. Um, (laughs) Okay. I can see that. He wanted to sell more toys. I I bet you can, you fucking pervert. It's not being perverted. Now, that's understanding what the market is. When, mind out of the gutter, Shailen. This is disgusting. When you're making up a boy action property, you got to bring in the best. You got to bring in such industry vets as Will Mugniot and Michael Edens, who also worked on all the cartoons. And between them, they concepted this idea of a space war series between humans and the Neo sapiens that they created. They brought in this mech idea. They called them E frames. If any listeners are familiar with anime, and no judgment either way, the show's look takes pretty heavy inspiration from Gundam mm-hmm. and from Rob- Robotech. Robotech was huge in the early 80s and mid-80s, came from Japan, was localized to the U.S., to the point that the Robotech name started appearing on ExoSquad toys, and there was talk of a crossover, but... Yeah, the, it never made, to, made it to a season three, but there was talk like the season three was going to be the crossover there. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of inspiration from anime, but the storylines, like a ton of inspiration from like classic sci-fi, or like, I guess, recent sci-fi to ExoSquad, like Blade Runner, Aliens, you know, Blade Runner, they've created their, that species of replicants. Aliens had the the big mech suit, and there's actually a one of the, I don't think it shows up in this episode, but there is a mech suit that looks exactly like the one Ripley uses at the end of Aliens. Sure, sure, yeah, but yeah, lot, borrowed heavily, but I think it like, kind of made it made it its own. Um, well, at least from what I what I saw, there was some some cliches and illusions, but, but like it sort of like it sort of like owned it a little bit. Well, you know, you take your Blade Runner inspiration and your Alien inspiration. I'm going to say some of the real inspirations here. Saving Private Ryan. (laughs) Hitler. The Diary of Anne Frank. Will Mugnio, a wonderful French boy, himself said that when they looked at the show, they looked at Gundam as sort of the Pacific theater of World War II, and they wanted to position this show as the European theater, which in and of itself is an insane thing to say about your your cartoon for eight-year-olds. But also, <laughs> later on, the, and within the show, they make a direct allusion to World War II. Yes. The Neo-Sapiens are very much supposed to be Nazis. It's just, it's very heavy-handed, and it, like it's very odd. The show also is interesting for the pacing. I'm going to equate this back to a G.I. Joe or a Transformers, where it's very much, you know, the episode of the day, right? Like, what's that Cobra Commander going to do? How is he going to fuck up? This show would have these big, long story arcs with whole episodes dedicated to reconnaissance and planning. It's very meticulous. Shows you the after effects. There was extensive research put into this. I will give the cartoon that. Mm-hmm. Do you, did you not like the cartoon, Jill? Didn't love the cartoon. No. It was... Not enough boy action. <laughs> this, it was Too like... Too much boy action. <laughs> it felt to me... Like a history teacher slash history nerd was like, I'm going to make reality into robots. Hold on. <laughs> that's that's what this felt like. Hold on. I want to unpack that for like three and a half hours. And that's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to do. You know. It was fine. For such a serious show, though, and we, we've already touched on this, the toys are to me the thing that I remember. So the toys were made by Playmates, who probably most famously made the Ninja Turtles line. 
in the early 90s. And as Dave mentioned, the two hooks to these were really the G.I. Joe-ish size characters. So, you know, three and three quarter inches, thereabouts. A size I know all about. And they came with <laughs> they came with these big, big mech suits that they called E-frames. Large in charge, huh? <laughs> so the E-frames had pistons that looked like hydraulic pistons that worked, firing weapons, canopies and wings and bullet hole stickers. It just a fantastic toy line. I had a couple and most of my childhood toys disappeared, you know, during the divorce. But I kept my ExoSquad guys well into college. I don't know where they are now. And a recent eBay search showed that probably not going to be picking those ones up anytime soon. But goddamn, are they cool. So I had a couple of the, just the ExoSquad, like the human ships, like I had JT Marsh and DeLeon. Is that how you say his name? I had Marsh and Wolf Bronsky. Bronsky, what a name. Bronsky. <laughs> Wolf Bronsky. Wolf Bronsky. I think I had the woman, the blonde woman too, whose name I can't remember either. But my friend had a bunch as well. And like I would bring mine over. I had like a big like old postal service, like plastic box that I would just bring mine over. Um, and we'd unpack and just play for hours and hours. He had Phaeton and some of the other uh, Neo Sapiens, like they're like yeah, Mar- Marsala, Nan, Tika Masala. Yeah. <laughs> Chutney. Um, yeah, there was a, but the, the, those were the ones that were like on like taller. They were like on two legs. Yeah. The, oh man, just hours just sitting on the floor playing with those things, launching missiles at each other and not understanding this, that the show it came from mm-hmm. was about like the horrors of war for both sides. Yeah. Right, <laughs> gray morality, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Which I kind of yeah. like. I actually enjoyed this. So I think as a kid, like my friend loved the character of Nebier, right? Who is sort of a, <laughs> how is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> how do you he enjoy was, a character he, on the show? Yeah, I don't know. But he was like, you know, he's the tough, like I guess jingoistic cop, right? Like sure, the um, the one, yes. the, yeah, singular. <laughs> yeah, but like, and then the other guys, the you know JT Marsh and Alec, they like kind of play in between. And then the and then they on the other you have that on yeah, the other I bet side Alec too. pays in between <laughs> with the the boy action yes but like then they um, you have got that on the other side too there's Phaeton but then there's the professor that they talk to too so there's like all this gray area who Vomobius <laughs> yes the, Vomobius the genius or wannabe genius mm. but my mm. my friend loved Napier and I was sort of like more into the like the other guys that were like. They didn't want to be fighting. They wanted just to end this. They didn't care about like who was doing what. They just wanted the war to end. And then we grew up. And I think based on how my friend has ended up and how I have ended up, I believe that the characters we chose were accurate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where was your friend on January 6th of this year? (laughs) Ooh, don't go there. Oh boy! He was um, storming the Capitol in his E-frame. Hashtag like, don't just made out of there. made out of cardboard. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, that would be cool to make a cardboard E-frame. That's like Nintendo put out a product a few years ago called Labo. They gave you cardboard, and you can make like a robot suit to connect to your Switch. But that's almost like a modern cool. day E-frame. E-frames are cool, right? Yeah. So I don't know what you're saying isn't cool. No, no, I'm saying that the the Nintendo ones, they like the way you framed it, it made it sound like it was less cool. But mm-hmm. I'm saying they are cool. I think I'm agreeing with you, but I thought you were arguing against me. Could you tell me could you tell me more about the history professor? <laughs> no, not right now. <laughs> 
We'll get there. Similar to Band of Brothers, another World War II epic. Exosquad, a lot of characters. A lot of characters. So many characters. Yes. So many characters in the So many haircuts. The main villains of the show are the Neo like Sapiens. They're, they're just different colors. In the Neo Sapiens, I had the problem of them being indistinguishable. They, you know, they all have little marks on their head, but it was like you could have told me there were three Neo Sapiens or forty. Tough to tell. It's true. At oh. one point, I was questioning if they shared like a collective consciousness mm-hmm. because I was Ooh, like, "Is it? Yeah. Is this like a bunch of dudes?" Oh or boy! Is this like, yeah, yeah, like a mother brain sort of yeah. thing. You know, they all sounded alike too. Mm-hmm. That's like true. I, for for a second, I thought Phaeton was the same voice actor as Marsala, but I I looked it up. I don't think they were <laughs> Marsala. Different, different God dudes. Damn. So a tough show to follow, but that's not really what led to its downfall. Remarkably. The first season was 13 episodes, and it went so well that another 39 were produced for syndication. The real issue with this show is politics. You see, it was a show being produced for syndication at a time when networks were getting more into the mode of we'll just do it ourselves. So if you think about the early to mid-90s, you had the ABC Disney Saturday morning block with shows like Recess and Brand New Doug and Pepper Ann and all that stuff. And a shitty block uh, of cartoons. Fox primarily. Kids had the Power Rangers and Eat the Cat. Eat the Cat and all that stuff. So as that happened, the network shuffled ExoSquad into worse and worse time slots, like Saturday morning at 4 a.m., to the point that they could get the ratings down low enough to justify canceling it. And that's what happens sometimes. Which is too bad. I feel like this show could have got a cult following if it was, you know. Better. Uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I don't, this show wasn't that bad. I don't know why you Don't go so there. Much. I think it just made me feel sad. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not it that the show bleak. was bad. It just made me feel feelings. Yeah, I, th- I thought the <laughs> stupid cartoon making me feel. Yeah, I don't watch a cartoon to feel feelings. Yeah, yeah. But like, well, I guess that's to my point. Like, this wasn't a kid's show. Right, right. Like this could have gotten a maybe an Adult Swim runner or like a you know like a Cowboy Bebop. I don't know how that was released, but like you know it could have gotten a cult following on VHS or DVD later. I think sure. it would have been performed better, been better received. But it didn't, and it's it now it's on Peacock <laughs> for all to enjoy. And I don't know. I'm going to keep my Peacock feelings aside. Peacock crapped out this weekend on the Money in the Bank pay per view. A bunch of bullshit. But also we're not talking about wrestling. Uh, Crept out in Hell in the Cell a month God, ago, too. Fucking horse shit. Ruins everything. We're not here to talk about Hell in a Cell. We're here to talk about Hell on Earth, specifically Target colon Earth, also known as Veil of Doom, comma, part one. That's so many words. Was written by Mark Garden of Edens. I assume that he's related to Michael, a brother, an uncle, a betrothed. I'm not sure. There's a connection, for sure. There's a connection. They share a last name. Also wrote on all the shows, Nepotism in Action. The show aired here on October 23rd, 1993. I sure do wish I knew what else was going on then, Ben. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. Top movies. Do a top five here. Number one, Demolition Man. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Sets the scene. I get this confused with Sylvester Stallone movies, but is that the one where Wesley Snipes is fighting yes. and his fight moves make like record scratch noises? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
All right. Just a patently to, ridiculous movie. The most outlandish movie I saw in the 90s. Like, was, <laughs> uh, heavy Taco Bell presence, which is fantastic. Yeah. The virtual sex scene between him and Sandra Bullock was amazing. Who is heavily um, implied to be his daughter. <laughs> yes. Yes. And also very Coneheads inspired. Or yeah. Inspiring. Yep. I can't remember the which came first, but. I believe Demolition Man came first. Speaking of screwball comedies, the number two movie here, Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> A movie I cannot believe exists. More important than the movie was the Weird Al Yankovic song about it. Sure. I have to say. Was it with the movie? Released with the movie? Or was that a No, the, the Weird Al song was at least seven years earlier. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I would like to believe that Weird Al brought the renaissance of the <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies back to our forefront. Well, I think, you know, it's part, partly that for sure. And partly the early 90s were that time where you had like, the Leave It to Beaver movie and Dennis the Menace and Little Rascals. And it's like, who was possibly asking for this? You know, if they they did it today, the Beverly Hillbillies would be this dark socioeconomic commentary <laughs> instead of, oh, we're going to cast Jim Varney and it's going to just be <laughs> the TV show, but longer and bad. Yeah, yeah. Like the Beverly Hillbillies, but it's got like that Ozark with Jason Bateman, like blue lighting and yeah. like, they're just involved in... Yeah, there's there's like just meth off. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> right. Fucking nuts. Weird Drug stuff. Abuse and gambling involved. Weird stuff. Number three, Nightmare Before Christmas, a movie that was released in October, and it displaced Disney's other Halloween movie that year, Hocus Pocus, which actually released in July. A Hocus Pocus. Fuck it sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. Hocus Pocus is a movie that I have a really weird relationship with in that i don't hate it i don't like it that's so weird but i have all these memories of being at various sleepovers and invariably every single sleepover there was always that one girl who asked what does a virgin mean Mm. and that was always really uncomfortable for me especially because well let me tell you about boy action Bette Midler taught me all about boy action. A little robotic boy action, my friends. Hocus Pocus is a... My wife and I rewatched it a year or two ago, but it was one of those movies I watched as a kid a couple times, and then I never... like. It just seemed like I watched it... As I got older, I was like, did I just watch that piece by piece? No, it's just really poorly stitched together, scene by scene. Like It, just, it feels... When you watch it beginning to end, it feels like you're watching different scenes of a movie like they messed up like how scenes should be placed and stuff it's very very odd there are also parts of that movie that don't make sense in the context of the movie they make less sense outside of the context Mm -hmm. i don't understand the cult following of it but but i respect it people joy good on them i guess i mean bet midler disney movies musical number that bring disney people joy Number four movie that week, Cool Runnings. Yeah. Number five, Rudy. So, I still don't think week. I've ever seen Rudy all the way through. Oh, but you've seen the Beverly Hillbillies six times? What of it? The what Beverly up? Hillbillies movie was popular in this podcast host's uh, family. <laughs> How could it not be? It still might be. <laughs> Another interesting pop culture note in October of 1993, the very first Got Milk commercial aired. And, you know, we all love milk here. So, that I mean, that's the big thing. Mm. But directed by one Michael Bay, 
That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. A lot of explosions. The kid drinking milk. That explains the shot of the gargoyle and the the American flag behind it on like a a sunset washed New York landscape, and and then people are just drinking milk all the time, and then it, the world explodes. And yeah. Marsala's in the in the foreground. Well, it's not yeah. Marsala. It's it's uh, like a gratuitous young woman, very busty, low cut top. Yeah, midriff. midriff yeah, <laughs> she's pouring the milk all over herself, and you're like, yeah. what does that have to do with anything? But you're titillated by it, which is kind of weird. Man, milk really sounds like milk. a great idea. <laughs> oh man, hashtag love that milk. Now, onto the show. And it opens in a sort of unique opening in a lot of ways. I'm going to play it out here. It was a golden age for all mankind. Using the incredible exoskeletons called E-frames, we had successfully terraformed Venus and Mars and were poised to move on to the outer planets. Suddenly, it all ended. We were pressed into a nightmarish war on a scale previously unimagined. We were attacked by our own creations, the Neo-Sapiens, a race of artificially created humans. Led by Phaeton, they have seized control of Venus, Earth, and Mars. This is Lieutenant J.T. Marsh, member of the Exofleet, leader of a small band of E-frame pilots dedicated to freeing humanity from Neo-Sapien rule. We are the Exo-Squad. A lot going on here. <laughs> Bill, it's me. It's the actor who played the Beast in Disney. It's Robbie Benson. Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Shannon, oh. I thought you'd, yeah. you'd okay. jump in earlier on there. Just left I, me hanging for a little I, bit. I thought you we said, didn't really I thought you have said, a minute to do that. I thought you said Bill. <laughs> I said Bell. <laughs> it Bill. Reeves? Bill, it's me. <laughs> Bill. Bill, it's me. I like the dweeby narration, you know, just like the dweebiest sounding dude imaginable. Like, it's not like. Don't s- say some, that about some Robbie guy, Benson. Like, chewing on glass, smoking a cigarette. It's why they end up beating the beast sucks because he it was a to the prince. Age. He's like, it's me. Hi. They call Beauty and the Beast does not suck. We're not talking about Beauty and the Beast. I'm just saying. Said the ending sucked. They get into the golden age of humanity, which includes terraforming multiple planets, genetic engineering some slaves up, things like that. The real golden age of humanity. Taking over several planets and just <laughs> stealing the resources of those lands. It's a framing device that clearly none of us agree with, but I think it's... I wish it was another character doing that because... Like the show shows like the gray areas between that. They're just trying to survive and get the world back now mm-hmm. from the things that the monsters that they created, so to speak. But like, but that opening really makes it, you really put on the side of the people who are, who created this race of, of slaves. Mm-hmm. Like it's, oh, you were so close show. Just, just a <laughs> little, just a smidge off. Would you say that the show shows the space between? The space between. <laughs> I know I would. Uh, hashtag get that DMB. The music is also really weird. It's very sedate. Yeah. You know, it's not like chugga, chugga, chugga. It's just. It's, it's kind of like we have a war. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, very lexidaisical. Yeah. There's, a, there's some weird music choices in here. Um, mm. but I think we'll get to that a, a little later. We get the standard, you know, last time on Exo Squad. And it's a lot of people being killed. And it's some big ass battle. And then you see a little Chiron on the bottom of the screen that says Jupiter Orbit. 
exoflate dry dock. And I thought, cool, all right, I get it now. I'm I'm with it. <laughs> we're we're in the orbit of Jupiter. I'm caught up. And we get to meet our our main hero here. This is Lieutenant JT Marsh. It's been one year since the disastrous battle between the Exofleet and the Neosapien forces. As punishment for our acts of insubordination during the conflict, my squad and I have spent the last year in the brig. Now that may sound severe, but I much prefer it to the death sentence which it abrogates. It's a lot going on for a little kid (laughs) to watch this show, like right at the beginning of this. Yeah. So does that mean that the previous episode, assuming this follows directly from that, is a year later? Like we had a year time jump? I think so. Hmm. I, I believe so. The um, which is a it's a real harsh jump. <laughs> There's not a like, hey, what happened during this time? No, they were in the brig. Yeah. The other thing, so I think the Neo Sapiens have Phaeton, who's like a, a, a warmonger. The human side, the Exo Squad, had their theirs, and that's the guy that threw JT Marsh into the brig. Oh man, um, probably some I, son of a bitch general. Yeah, so you get some nice nice symmetry going on. Real rat bastard general. Yeah, that's son of a bitch. Want to spend a moment on JT Marsh's appearance here. So he wears a green bodysuit that has abs. So he himself may or may not have abs. The suit has a four pack cut into it, which is kind of weird. Very I spacey. Want that shirt. I just like, I'm tired of doing sit ups. I just want that yeah. shirt now. I just, I do like the, the makeup deal. Just draw him on. <laughs> His hair is, is if you took Cosmo Kramer's hair and then cut two concentric circles in it. So he has two rings of Saturn, which is followed up by Kramer hair. It makes him spacey. Uh, See? Let me be frank. (laughs) 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 It's the most early 90s ass look that you could be. And there's a similarity here. the inverse of Homer Simpson's hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's actually close. A lot of the movement and a lot of the character looks remind me of the X-Men cartoon when they go to space. Very like neon colors, just ridiculous hair. One of the women has Mo from the Three Stooges haircut, but then she has a ponytail too. I don't know what the fuck was going on here. 2155 is a weird time. the future, man. Yeah. That haircut was actually very popular at some point in history, I'm sure. Or it will be. Very popular. The monks liked it. It's actually so. Janine Garofalo has that haircut in now and then. <laughs> what? That's a Jane thing. Ain? What? Jane Ain Garofalo. Janine. Jane Ain. Her name is spelled Jane Ain. Hmm. It's funny. Hashtag. It's funny. So they get out of the brig, <laughs> and there's like seven people. I don't know. I think De Leon is there. I don't know who the rest of these people are, but uh, Mar- Marsal is one of them. Marsal is one, and they so they walk out of the brig, and they don't walk out as you know professionals. They walk out like arms around each other, like they're they they just got out of like last Lovingly call at the bar, embracing each other around <laughs> yeah. their hips. Yeah, it's quite a thing. Then we get an abrupt cut. I would say the most abrupt cut to this. There are billions and billions of stars in our universe, but the brightest star of all is Amanda Connor. With David Kirkner. <laughs> so you see this woman named Amanda Connor, and it appears to be a Hunger Games-esque talk show of sorts. Like, they're pretending everything is fine. She's going to interview Phaeton, who's the governor general Phaeton, the the main big bad. It's just like she's a a, a neo sapien loyalist. Who yeah, is, and they've 
they've clearly taken over the earth or wherever she is and where yeah uh, <laughs> whatever location she's at yeah they've taken that over and now she's just you know they're using her as propaganda mm-hmm. i was really hoping that this amanda was going to lead us to running man which would have been more fun yeah just saying you should make a running man cartoon I would watch that. <laughs> I, 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 don't, watch I don't even know how. I don't even know what that would look like, but it could exist. The best thing about the Hunger Games, which was a direct ripoff of The Running Man, was Stanley Tucci. No, was Lenny Kravitz. Disagree. Because Jennifer Lawrence came in and he was like, "You're gonna fly away, yeah, girl on fire." And then that she was happen. like, "Girl on fire, yeah." Can you show me? Which way to go? And he goes, are you going to go my way? And he kind of beckoned her. And he had on big platform shoes. Yeah. That would have been a much better movie franchise. Lenny Kravitz, famously Big Hog. Weird. I just wanted to throw that out there for the listeners. What was the name of the country they lived in in Hunger Games? Hogtown. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember they had a bunch of districts. It was was Pan Am. Pan Am. Pan Am Agri Woman. (laughs) Stay away from me. Anyway, so that's Lenny Kravitz. Now we go to the Neo-Sapien base. I'm going to call them sapes, which is the derogatory term that Sean Napier uses, but really I'm just using it to save a few syllables here. And we meet the character of Stentor. I am your announcer, Stentor. And now, here is Amanda! I just like this idea that you see the, the the sapes and they are, you know, this very military, vicious race. But this one guy, he's like the Andy Richter. Like, what, what are we yeah. doing here? What is it? The Rod Roddy. It's so weird. It's fucking crazy. I always feel bad. Like, you know, the movie 2012, they're like, we, we can only save like so many people in the human race. Imagine mm-hmm. like, oh, we, we're, we're saving the engineers. We're saving this guy. And then like, you're just like, oh, I'm a, I, got, I write jokes and I do and, uh, <laughs> I'm Stentor. And I've got some good voices, <laughs> I guess. Like, I guess I'm worried that if the world ends and they can only save a few people, like I'm going to be kind of like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll survive. No, 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 no. The worst part would be I, I survive, but I can't contribute at all oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like we all have ways we can contribute yeah i'm a professional content creator there's always room for content <laughs> creators you guys need a you need you guys need someone to till that garden grow those vegetables <laughs> i can't do that but i can write you a blog post just saying if anybody needs some freelance writing or editing services hit us up at watchbots pod hashtag uh get that milk see i was gonna say that the world is over right? People are going to need to keep their spirits up, and all three of us can do that. How? By being <laughs> joyful and making fun of shit until nobody is sad anymore. We just we just make fun of the end of the world. That's correct. <laughs> so we, were, the, the, we were the, viewing the, 30 minutes at a time. <laughs> the world <laughs> is ending, the world's on fire, and I can go out and be like, man, isn't it weird that on Transformers, in one scene, Optimus Prime is blue, and the other he's like a dark blue? That's fucked up. Hell Yeah. <laughs> The world needs art and entertainment. Be right back. My backyard is completely on fire. <laughs> the neighbors are walking around just like holding in their guts. And I'm like, oh, man, you know what's fucked up? 
And G.I. Joe, like, they were singing a song? Like, that's crazy. Do you want me to sing it for you to cheer you up? Or GoBots. And then, like, you know, someone comes by and their, like, eye is falling out of their skull. <laughs> Did you even see the, the live-action Ninja Turtles? You don't even know. Wait, we got to pause one second. There are giant man-bats attacking our, our, our home. Man, doesn't Fantastic Max just suck shit? <laughs> <laughs> They don't know. They don't know what they're missing. Well, I mean, no, I was going to say mean, they, they know, know, but we'll distract yeah. them so it'll be okay. As they die, <laughs> they'll just die going, what a fucking jerk ass. They'll be like, oh, my last moments would have been so upsetting, but instead you made good jokes. Instead, People I just, just was furious. <laughs> to death by crows and they're just listening to us like, forget your worries. They looked up at us and they said, save us, please. And I looked down and said, doesn't like Filmation's Ghostbusters suck? That song's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, it's slightly it's slightly better than just reciting there will be there will come soft rains, right? Like with the new house, the smart house. Yeah, hashtag smart house. Yeah. So hashtag anyway, come soft rains. <laughs> what are we doing here? We're in the the Sapa base, and they see an asteroid, and they see that the asteroid is obscuring an exoship. And we meet here the characters of General Shiva and uh, Professor or Dr. Zenobius. Would you stake your life on that, Zenobius? Zenobius. I, I am a scientist. A dead scientist. <laughs> so Very Planet of the Apes names here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have like this graph shield. I thought they were saying graph shield. I think they're actually saying graph shield. But it's just some like heat shield that reduces the size of the ship to one-tenth of its former size, which I thought was a really weird description. Why not just be like, that's fucked up? Yeah, I don't know. Do they burn it? Like, does it, like, yeah, it just like melts. Melt it? Yeah. Okay. Like, the it way is. they describe it sounds like they shrunk it, but without melting it. Like, I was like mm-hmm. is that a shrink ray? How does it work? Do they like increase the heat of the atmosphere? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's the giant MacGuffin that I kind of didn't care about. Yeah, 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 for sure. We see that the ship is empty, but the Sapes don't know that. And then Shiva suggests that he destroy the asteroid as well, but then they get distracted and it doesn't happen. Before they go, they mention that the Terran Resistance is meeting with an exosquad, and you're, you're going, oh man, how do they know that information? Is there a rat in the Terran Resistance? Must be a mole. Must be a mole. And we'll get there. But it's a good thing that they didn't destroy that asteroid, because who's riding that asteroid? The Exo Squad, they're embedded somehow into it. I don't want to understand the science. They're in, it looks like at the end of Armageddon when they're landing the space shuttle and, you know, like the capsule pops off and it's on a parachute. I guess you could say really any space movie. I just prefer Armageddon. So they're in these and they're embedded within the asteroid, which appears uncomfortable as they hurtle towards the Earth. And we get a little dialogue. We've talked about Marsala, who is the human-friendly Neo-Sapien. So he's like, he's like the good guy. There's always one. If you ever played the Wing Commander series, oh, fuck. Uh, the Kilrathi, there was a Kilrathi who was friends with Mark Hamill. Uh, this is that kind of character. <laughs> I, I went from one obscure reference to a, just a much more obscure one. Accurate. Probably high, highly derived. Uh, yeah, yeah. Squad, highly derived from, from X-Wing. Oh, I'm sorry your skin's melting off. Did you even play Wing Commander 4? <laughs> 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 but we also meet the soon-to-be ill-fated Alice Naredi here. 
Welcome to Able Squad, Lieutenant Moretti. Thanks, I heard it would be fun. I do not find this experience enjoyable. Makes sense. Uh, there we go. The Spock-like character using big words, but just <laughs> small words. And he's big. He's big, too. He's like giant Spock in that episode of Star Trek we watched. Yes. Um, so they're in the asteroid, and the asteroid is starting to, I'm going to guess, fall apart in the atmosphere. I will say, predominantly, the animation here all looks pretty good, which is good for a show about um, the horrors of war. But something goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, you really want those details. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something goes horribly awry here because as they break off, a piece of the asteroid hits Noretti. And they're all getting their little pod things fixed up, but not Noretti. And JT Marsh, the leader, says, Fire your stabilizers, Noretti! Fire all your stabilizers, Noretti! <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of times in the show, I didn't grab them all, where... You know, they go from like very sedate kind of talking to the action and they're just screaming like, my eyes, my eyes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very um, like aliens dialogue, right? Like you've just got like people screaming at each other and then they're whispering and then they're screaming and then they're whispering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it because it, it, it matched the way I played it as a little kid. It was just like I had my like Nerf gun to like, we got to get out of there. Come on, blast up. <laughs> Fire your stabilizers. They're ready. <laughs> Open the blast doors. But Lieutenant Noretti doesn't fire her stabilizers. And mm-hmm. she just, she crashes to the ground. Now, not really understanding that, you know, people died here. I was like, oh, she must just show up later or whatever. Well, we're going to put a pin in that. But there's no parachutes. There's nothing. She just kind of disappears through the clouds. And now we go to another Chiron, 25 kilometers outside Phaeton City. And Again, I really appreciate it because how could I have understood the scene if I didn't know how far outside Phaeton City they were? Phaeton City, Shale, and another word for Chicago. Oh, that's they good renamed to know. it Phaeton City. So okay. it's a little trivia fat for you. Did yes, they retain the their city. culture of pizza? Yeah, but they call it pizza. Okay, for Phaeton Pizza, I'm on, I'm on the no, yeah. yeah. It's good. Oh man, I'm sorry that there's a nuclear bomb next to you, but did you know that Phaeton City was actually Chicago? <laughs> You might recognize some famous landmarks, like instead of the Sears Tower, it's the Phaeton Tower. And instead of the Bean, it's the Bean. I'm sorry the about bean. your family being uh, consumed by this uh, this flesh-eating bacteria that's infecting <laughs> everybody, but did you know the ExoSquad toy line was produced by Playmates, the ones who created uh, Ninja Turtles? Some of those characteristics from the Ninja Turtles line came over to the ExoSquad line. Really crazy stuff. Oh, your, your thumb fell off. <laughs> I know that the giant grasshopper overlords who have overtaken us are like kind of bumming you out, but did you know that someone actually predicted this in an episode of the Ninja Turtles in 1991? Have you even watched My Pet Monster lately? That that show sucked. (laughs) (laughs) My Pet Monster. I'm sorry you're being (laughs) eaten by a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> by a live My Pet Monster, but did you know there was a cartoon based off it? And it wasn't that good. I have this vivid memory of sitting in front of my TV, eating cereal and watching, you know, watching DuckTales, much like I think your children will have a vivid memory of watching you perish as you're engulfed in the nuclear flame. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we have so much to offer you guys. Yeah. It's good. Anyway. So Fate we're we're, we're outside Phaeton City. 25 clicks out, I think. But thereabouts. We're with a guy who's not named yet. This is Sean Napier. He's the head of the Terran Resistance. His E-frame is a police thing, so he's a cop. 
and he's got some real cop characteristics that we'll get to here. <laughs> and so he's just standing there kind of looking forlorn. I don't know if he's got like a birthmark or a scar or camouflage. But he's just got this big like blue yeah, mark on his face. I, I, I saw that on the second viewing and I was like, what the fuck is that? I thought, he, I thought <laughs> I at first it was like a, like a bandana or something across his eyes with like, like he was like being a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> but uh, I just yeah, sort I of know. accepted yeah. it as, oh, they fucked up on the toys so they had to make the cartoon match. <laughs> Uh, so, but the the point is, he's looking at a picture, and you're like, "Oh man, what's on that picture? Is it like a, you know, is it like a sexy selfie or something?" And he lets it go, and it flies away, and it floats, and it lands on a barbed wire fence as a white plastic bag goes by. And you just think about the beauty in the world, and it's a picture. It's beautiful of, it? of Amanda, and on it, it says XXX Amanda. So it's porny Amanda. And they don't say it here. It's clarified later that Amanda is Sean's ex-wife. I believe, and now I could be wrong because there's a lot of branches in these stories. At one point, Sean is assigned to execute Amanda for like crimes against humanity. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I don't think he does it. I think he is about to, but he is stopped. Pretty fucked up. Because she's a collaborationist. Ah, uh, yes. I'm glad yes. you brought that up because- yes. Collaborationist. Collaborationist witch is what she's referred to. Sean goes back to the farmhouse or whatever, and you see a bunch of people. There's somebody named Eve, uh, who is the woman with the aforementioned Mo Howard haircut. There is a dude who is never named, but we'll hear from him in a bit. There's Diana, who is, spoiler, somebody else that's going to get executed before the end of the series. <laughs> 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 and they're just hanging out. And Diana calls uh, Amanda a collaborationist witch. It's so bleak. Why is this show on after school? It's so funny. I don't know. <laughs> it's really <laughs> funny. The remaining members of Able Squad, the Exo Squad here, lands at a pig farm. And De Leon, his pod lands upside down. And you get a little poopy noise. Because the pig shit is... I don't know, like a witch's cauldron of some sort. Oh, like a cartoon tar pit? <laughs> when we were originally watching it, Ben was like, it's quicksand, maybe? <laughs> I wasn't really sure what it was. And I was like, it's pig slop. And it's huge. It's a giant, like, it's a, it's a big amount of, of pig, pig slop. Yeah. It's amazing the pigs were not being sucked into it. Well, I think there was only one pig. So. Okay. It's that, amazing that the pig, pig made a was lot not, of shit. Yeah. yeah. And I bet fucking Sean Napier went out and he was like, yeah. You smell better than Amanda. That's a Phaeton City sow, though. You know, just mm -hmm. um, huge, huge shits. Do you know what Phaeton called it when he personally, like, killed a dissident? No. A Phaetonity? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. And here I was going to make a joke about the delicious Phaeton pig bacon. <laughs> Did you guys, so he, he constricted uh, Amanda to do his propaganda, but he also had, um, con constricted a uh, aging Cisco, and he wrote the song Phaeton, tom, tom, tom. <laughs> Baby, let the sapes grow. Baby, let your booty go. <laughs> they love some of it original. <laughs> um, thank God for that. There's a whole... <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> I'm not going to go down this path. There's a whole story I read recently about the conception of the thong song. <laughs> oh, you know, yes, fuck it. Fuck it. So Cisco was getting romantic with a woman. And they went back to his hotel or whatever. This is like late 90s, early yeah, 2000s. Yeah. yeah. And like he pulled down her pants and he was like, what the fuck is that underwear? And she told him that it was a thong. And he insisted that she <laughs> gave him the underwear. 
And he had never, and at this point, he'd never seen a. He'd never seen it. it. Yeah. This is his first thong. So he brings it back to his house, and his whole crew's there, and he's telling him about the thong. <laughs> he's assumedly showing it off, like he's in sixteen candles or something. And then, like a week later, one of his his crew people comes in, and also like like whips a thong out of his back pocket. And he's like, I got that thong, the thong, thong, thong. And that led directly to the writing of the thong song. <laughs> Shailen, thoughts? I'm too busy. When I was in 10th grade biology, our teacher started, we had tongs for like a science project we were working oh, on. Fuck. And she started singing the tongue, to tongue, tongue, tongues. And it, our class, instead of laughing, just rewrote the entire thing to just do our science experiment to Cisco's thong song. <sighs> Somehow I have a, di- a diploma from that high school and also a college degree. So, Jeez, I'm sorry that you had to kill your whole family because they turned into zombies and you don't have a bullet left to turn on yourself. But do you know how the thong song came to be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. So... Anyway, DeLeon says my hatch is maybe jammed, which I laughed. And then Marsh sends Marsala in, and here are some more poopy noises. Oh, just <laughs> falling. So, so they're okay. And then DeLeon just out of nowhere is like, we didn't even know her name. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. So he asks where Alice is. And, right. And, yeah. And then, and then they announced that. That she passed away. We didn't even really, know her name. Really bad pacing here. So they yeah, got yeah. the funny stuck in pig slop moment. And then they're like, Where's Noretti? She's dead. I'm sorry. It's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's whoa, weird like, too because the character of De Leon, so he's the intelligence officer. He's got like short guile hair. So if you took guile from Street Fighter and cut like three inches off his hair, it looks just like that. But he has these weird goggles so and stuff. Yeah, this is the hair I always wanted as a kid. <laughs> so it's just it's weirdly paced and, and de leon he only talks like this like there's no emotion in anything so it feels so weird and it leads to this very short soliloquy by marsh which is it's so totally strange we didn't even know her first name alice lieutenant alice noretti so long lieutenant <laughs> it's just this very poignant moment he's looking out into the stars now the Alice Noretti character, she's dead for real. She shit it pretty hard. Hardcore. She is, her body is found by Phaeton, who clones her because he knows that she's a weakness for JT Marsh. And she is now a Neo Sapien and she's programmed to like infiltrate, like she's like to be like a Terminator. And she realizes this and then commits suicide. So she dies <laughs> twice. <laughs> it's a kid's show. It wasn't enough for this children's show to off a beloved character one time. <laughs> yeah. They had to do it twice to make sure you knew she was real, real dead. De Leon also dies and comes back cloned, I believe. Everybody comes back cloned. Like, yeah, Phaeton yeah. kills a bunch of his generals and he clones them. It's just like, weird. But still, like, the de- the, their deaths are, are permanent. Like, they might come back as clones, but, like, that's not, like... My plane exploded. I'm popping up in the, at the surface of the ocean, like just floating there. Like you know, th- the problem is by this point, I had seen Transformers the movie, and nothing could affect me. You know, mm-hmm. I had seen all my heroes die. Some off screen. They didn't even give Will Jack an on screen death. That's horseshit. Womp, womp. Coolest one of all. Hashtag Will Jack. So anyway, they're at the farm. Napier and his crew show up, 
And you get the sense that, you know, they're in the resistance together, but they may not be in the resistance together. You know what I mean? We've been expecting you. I knew you'd be back when Exo Fleet needed our help. Come on, Napier. We're in this fight together. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Come on, Napier. You and what army? It was at this point that I found myself questioning, where are the cool E-frames? Nothing has happened with E-frames. It's just, you know, one of them died and they're just walking around in pig shit. But then all of a sudden, a bunch of E-frames show up and there's this big ass one that looks like, it looks like a mix between ED-209 from RoboCop 1 and then RoboCop 2 from RoboCop 2. And there's a couple of E-frames and it's the Sapes. And it's like, oh shit, Terrans are surrounded. They're in big trouble. I think they call them Terrans too. I like that too. Neither here nor there. <laughs> we go to commercial. And when you come back, you think you'd be back into the tension, but the show likes to tease it out a little bit. You know what I mean? A little foreplay for you. We see... Actually, it doesn't matter what we see. It matters what we hear. Let's get what we hear first, and then we'll talk about what we see. (laughs) This is a show for children. What is up with this fucking end of a sitcom music? (laughs) It felt like I was watching like that special moment you know, between DJ and Aunt Becky and Full House, like they're just like, maybe <laughs> so we'll set strange. aside some special time for you and us to just be gals, whatever. Like, just like the meow, 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 What you get is the equivalent of like, you know, Tom Sawyer's Huck Finn, like floating down the river, a piece of string tied to his toe with a fish hook <laughs> on it. You get this character's name is James. He's in an E frame and he's drinking a beer. And he has like a open. Yeah, he's just chilling. Like he's he's sprawled out, and he's got like a fishing rod in there, and the fishing. (laughs) Just like what? What are we doing? But then he gets the call to action from Napier, and he goes to work. And his e-frame shuffles away very slowly. One thing about the e-frames that I enjoy is they all have the same noise. It's like when they walk, and they only run when it's plot convenient to do so. Other than that, they just. They can walk. They can fly. They're just real casual. They're real casual about it. So the sapes are like, humans, drop your weapons. And <laughs> the humans don't immediately respond. JT and DeLeon have a very like placid, long conversation. Flash grenade, right? Yep. And then <laughs> DeLeon like, very slowly unbuckles his thing and acting suspicious in like a very clear way yeah yeah you're just like stomping it's like you're, you stomp down a hallway like we're not being conspicuous <laughs> you know? and he th- throws this flash grenade <laughs> in the air and it goes off and it's like the power of the sun and we find out that the neo sapiens have super enhanced senses so this like it fucking destroys them it's like mars attacks or something so like they're they're blinded all of the humans outside of jt and de Leon are like my eyes my eyes <laughs> screaming marsh he puts out his hand and very slowly he gets like a star lord blaster around his hand and he immediately destroys one of the e-frames with a single shot which made me think this guy doesn't even really need the E-frames. That's true. <laughs> it's just fucking crazy. That gun was really cool, though. It was cool. Like, <laughs> I think the cool thing about the toys, too, like, it, they didn't just come with the E-frame. Like, they came with, like, I think Marsh had that gun 
as well. Like they, they had like the little accessories for the three inch, three mm. and a half inches. Accessorize those three and a half inches. Mm, will do. One of the tougher things to find on the internet is complete, right? Because you could find the figures and then like the e-frames, but all the little pieces and stuff. That's where the money is. My dad refers to stuff like that as vacuum cleaner food. Well, your dad's a fucking monster. Yeah, that's awful. When it comes to toys, that's accurate, yeah. God, I'm sorry that you just get hit with a bayonet and run through, but did you know that like a complete JT Marsh Exosquad is like $110? Can you fucking believe it? (laughs) Do you think that's going to change now that the world has collapsed? Since we no longer have the internet, do you think that the eBay value of collectible toys from the (laughs) early 90s is going to decrease or increase somehow through the black market? I'm sorry that the oceans are swallowing up the world as we speak, but did you know Shailen's parents are divorced? (laughs) I don't have a boat that works. Because my parents' divorce soaked up the funds for the boat. The divorce boat. The divorce boat. Hashtag get that boat. Now, the the sapes are blinded to the point where not only are their senses fucked up, they just become dumb. So they're, they're just blasting wildly like the leader of the group is in this clip literally crushed and killed due to their own incompetence. <laughs> literally very dead the, the horrors of war here yeah it, it all the while you know the humans are just going fall back get yourself out of here my eyes <laughs> my eyes <laughs> it was so funny so we cut back to allison and Phaeton now in the studio for some reason and i didn't even pull a clip it's kind of boring they don't go back to it again Phaeton is like, oh, humanity's problem is humanity. And, you know, he's he's a bad guy. What else can I tell you? So now we're back at the farm. We have all humans. James is now with the group. And Sean smells that mole. Smells a rat. And here's a little of the conversation with him and JT. We've got a traitor, Marsh. You have a collaborator in your organization. They had the same problem in the French resistance during the Second World War. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So let me just pause here to talk about Professor Alessandro that I had in 10th grade history. You had a professor in 10th grade? Yes. Where where did you go to to high school? Like fucking Yale? We had three different people with PhDs (laughs) in my high school. This is bullshit. Uh, Chill out. This is a cartoon that had he been given the opportunity to be creative, they'd be like, hey, yo, Mr. Ray, do some punch up. And this is what would happen. Do you know there was a similar issue during the French resistance of World War II? Like, he does nothing about cartoons or plot development or plot. But I can give you some history facts to enhance this cartoon that children are already going to be like. <laughs> so wait, what you're telling me is... Lafayette led the Hessians to, 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 uh, to help the Americans during the American Revolutionary War. It's a nerd show. And I liked it. It's okay to like something and be a nerd and to like a nerd thing. I'm just pointing out, this is one of my criticisms, is that it's meant for nerds more than children. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I didn't know you were so anti-nerd. I'm not anti-nerd. I am a nerd. It's fine. That's why you're fucking always shoving dweebs into lockers and giving them swirlies? That's why I was ostracized by most of my school for most of my schooling. So we we went to Lowe's the other day? And we had to go buy some paint, and Shailen disappeared for a few minutes, and I was like, huh, I wonder where she went. And I was carrying the can of paint around, and I got to the toilet aisle, and I found Shailen, and she just had this dweeb head over the toilet. 
Because I need to somehow get my recompense for how I was treated. So you take it out on me and my cartoon choices. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Stop bringing nerd cartoons to me and I will stop treating the cartoons like nerds. You know, I want to talk about Napier here. <laughs> Please do. So Napier is convinced that Marsala is the mole. Napier doesn't trust tapes, but Marsh points out like, hey, this guy saved your life, huh? And he made you a nice, a nice warm dish as well. But here's what Napier says. Marsala's one of us. He's a sape. He saved your life. That was a year ago. I'm willing to bet that if Napier had been alive in the year of our Lord 2021, he probably would have been in the vicinity of Washington, D.C. a few months ago. I think he probably would have had a certain kind of flag, maybe a certain kind of shirt, maybe a certain kind of opinion. Wearing a giant fucking elk on his head. Interestingly, uh, (laughs) Napier's character later on goes to become a politician and a political leader. Checks out. Checks out. At about this point in the episode, I found myself wondering what exactly the Exo Squad was actually there to do, right? <laughs> because they haven't actually said it. They were in the brig, and then they were in the meteor, and yeah. then they were, they were fighting. But here, finally, Marsh outlines the mission. It's called the Gravitational Focus Shield. And you find out, oh, okay, at some point, somebody told them about the shield, which fucked up that ship, and they got to go get it or whatever. And the guy behind that shield is, of course, Dr. Zemobius. So we go and we see Dr. Zemobius. Dr. Zemobius, Dr. Zemobius. <laughs> Think about Dr. Zemobius, though. He's a little more complicated than you might think. He's not some evil scientist. Have you another request? Yes. Make me a genius. <laughs> How perceptive. All the way up to make me a Jew. I thought it was going to be make me a gin and tonic. <laughs> it didn't happen, though. <laughs> I can't believe they got uh, audio of me in grad school. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. This was a moment when I truly felt feelings. And the first time that we watched it, I was like, oh, oh. And the second time I watched it, I was like, he's so sad. Yeah. Just, so he's yeah. he's trying to understand the science behind the shield and he can't. So he says, make me a genius. And the nature of what this actually is becomes clear later. I thought that he was a fake, you know, like he was a a janitor and then he's like no i'm a scientist <laughs> and, like just stumbled on something i don't like that i it was unclear what the nature of this meant but he's a sad man so i have a theory i'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm, i think i've shared it at least with ben before so i think there's three stages of intelligence and they fluctuate for every person in each situation so the stages are i'm smart and i get it i'm so stupid i don't understand that i don't get it and then there's that really depressing middle part where you understand that you don't understand it, but you can't get yourself to the point where you get it, and it makes you want to die. And in this moment, like mm-hmm. I felt that with him, and I was like, oh, I want to get stuff too, and I know I don't get it, and I'm so sorry. I'm constantly that middle one there. Like Same. that's Yeah, it's, it's sad. I think this is what I liked about the show is, is they, you know, give – you know, what you would think the beginning of the show presented as bad guys. They give the, the bad guys like some pathos or whatever. And then they just the scene before they had Napier being an asshole. So like they're, you know, the sides are sort of like, you know, it's all, it's all muddled. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. Again, I'm, I'm 37 years old. I can understand those nuances. As a nine year old, I didn't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I want to introduce a new segment to the show. All right. I'm going to add one in here. Uh, this one's called 
military operation instructions or gangbang instructions. <laughs> I'm going to play two audio clips back to back here. We'll see what you guys think. Okay. Attack directly on the dome. Once you're engaged, then Marcella de Leon and I will hit him from the other side. And if it gets hot, pull out. So it could be a multitude of things. Shannon? I'm not even really sure. Because I wasn't paying attention. You can say it. The cat's trying to eat something, and I want to know if yeah, it's Jill, a bug you could say it. You can say that you, you didn't pay attention to my segment. <laughs> I meticulously crafted that segment, and you're looking at a cat. Hey, Ben. Uh-huh. I like it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying attention. For a lot here. Hey, hey, Mr. Ben, I'm paying attention. My God. Stop looking at the cat. No. God damn it. I don't ask for a lot out of the show. I said I introduced a new segment and then you immediately turned in another direction and stopped paying attention. Hashtag pull out. Yeah. God damn. Anyway, here's Diana and John, too. You look a little edgy, Diana. Yeah, and so do you. Gonna be a rough night. <laughs> Gonna be a rough night. Um, oh, baby, bend over. Diana. <laughs> God damn it. I think this is preamble to <laughs> pornography. It's at the moment is best. So the point of this is DeLeon and Marsala and Marsh are going to go off somewhere and they've got their exosuits. And then Napier's crew has to create a diversion. And there you go. So they get like a little matrix plug in their neck for the exosuits. And then we're off here. The squad split up, and now we're with Marsala and Marsh and De Leon. And Marsala said something that I still don't understand. Lieutenant, do not feel badly that you lied to them. I'm not sure what he lied about or when. Was it that he just assumed that they, he sent them to their deaths? Like, I was baffled at what this meant. I, in fact, have a question mark in my notes next to this exact line. Is it that he thought... They were going to destroy the shield? In fact, they were just going to kidnap Zemobius? Is that what the change is? I, I, it was confusing. I remember when I watched it the second time, I remember I got the answer that you were looking for, but now I forgot the answer. So <laughs> uh, uh, I'm completely useless. I don't know. It was weird. Because JT Marsh doesn't strike me as a liar. He seems like a real straight shooter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can agree there. Yeah. Robbie Benson wouldn't voice a liar. <laughs> he might. Benson. He might. Oh. Yeah, did would it be voiced that LeFou? No. Oh, just in case you were wondering, by the way, speaking of Beauty and the Beast, Josh Gad has come out and said that LeFou's sexuality will be addressed in the, the TV show. So, one burning question answered. It was addressed in the live action movie. It will be addressed further in the television show. Good on them. The Gaston LeFou prequel? Mm-hmm. I ship it. I ship it. Except for the part where Gaston deserves to die for being a jerk. And a murderer. Anyway. It doesn't matter because everyone at the end of Beauty and the Beast gets murdered because of the French Revolution anyway. It's fine. Guillotine for all. So Napier's crew is just wandering through the forest to ambush. Now they have five people. They've got Napier, who's in his his cop car. They have Eva with her Guy Gardner hair. She's in an E-frame. They have James. (laughs) They have Diana, who's just walking around, and then they have this fifth guy. I don't know what the fifth guy's name is. Red shirt Mick doesn't matter. But he he lives, so he's not not a total red shirt. And it's uh, like Dicky Mustache. I think. Is what is the point of sending those people who don't have suits out there? <laughs> like, what could they possibly those poor do? People, imagine yeah. like being like everybody's got these cool ass suits, and they're like, "Where's mine?" And they're like, "No, no, no you just 
fucking run, man. You got this. <laughs> because what happens is the Sapes, because of the mall, the not yet revealed mall, are like, hey, there's an ambush coming. And they have booby trapped the entire forest, which much must have taken a while. That's the story Every I want to see. tree has a It's mind. like a bomb on it. Yeah. I think the Ewoks were enlisted to help them with this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Good day. Good day. Here's a little more wartime uh, action. The whole forest is mine. Pull out. Pull out. Here's where I got a little <laughs> bit confused because. Talk about that pubic forest. <laughs> the, yes. Pull out. The sapes are blowing up the whole forest. And JT had explicitly told Napier, if it gets too hot, get out of there. Don't worry about it. But JT interprets this from another location as, oh, they must have started the ambush. Do they not have a way to communicate with their amazing robot suits for him to be like, hey, this is fucked up. <laughs> We're going to get out of here. I assumed it was like communications were jammed because the <laughs> Like we'll do that. own Earth, they like control Earth, and they can like jam Terran communications. Mm -hmm. I, I love that Dave like was that. like, I assume this scientific reason. Whereas Shaylin was watching and went, I just thought they were dumb. <laughs> that he was stupid. I don't know. It's weird. It's it's a bad it's a bad plot thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're trying to pull out. They're trying to get out of there. And Napier is with Diana in the woods and. Come on, Diana. Okay, okay. Just needed to, to catch my breath. Nothing suspicious about that, Diana. <laughs> Nothing suspicious at all. Your life is in danger and you're stopping to catch your breath. Four seconds ago, they were talking uh, about a mole and now they have this. I don't like, know. Oh, uh, oh, sorry. I'll be back. Oh. I just had to casually broadcast some things over a satellite. So actually, sorry, that, would, that was Eve with, with Diana there. So, you know, um, ladies going to stick together. Napier is, in fact, with the other dude. And he like he tenderly scoops him up in the E-frame's arms and tries to fly away. But then he gets shot. And he's falling to the ground. He says nothing. But the other guy is just fucking free falling in the sky. <laughs> he wants you to know who he's thinking of in this moment. John! He just free falls into a lake. <laughs> this brought me back to every time that Ben and I talk about like end of life planning. He always says that at his funeral, he wants animatronics put in yeah, his body so he can right. wait until like the middle of the funeral and pop up out of the casket and <laughs> yeah, just point yeah. indiscriminately and have a recording of him going, this was your fault. <laughs> this John! John! And then he drowns to death. No, he doesn't. He's fine. I know. But that's what he thinks when he's going. I know. Down. This is well, because now you're trained to think people die. And you're like, oh, man, not that guy whose name I never got. Not that guy that doesn't matter. You already met Alice Naredi. That was Alex Naredi. Oh. Uh, long lost brother. So back in the forest, Eve's mech suit gets fucked up. And she just climbs on the arm of James's. So like it's a big gun. And she just like climbs and sits there. And I was like, that seems strategically not good yeah, yeah that's gotta get warm right <laughs> if he shoots it or like that would be the most obvious target in the world to just like shoot the person sitting on yeah. that arm <laughs> oh that makes more sense i'm like it might get hot <laughs> <laughs> i guess her ass would get hot too i don't know you might get a scalded geez i'm sorry that we're literally boiling an acid but don't you think that there would be a better way to protect a second person in an e-frame than just sitting on it <laughs> 
It's kind of <laughs> lazy if you ask me. Like they could write anything. I'm sorry, ninety percent of the world has become lepers, but like, is it? Wouldn't that gonna be hot? <laughs> Burn your tootsies. I think so. I'm not sure for your Burn your tuckus. Burn your rear end. My biscuits are burning. You don't want that. Back at the base with the sapes. The exo troopers have penetrated. They absolutely have penetrated. Oh, yeah. So the sapes are looking at the dome that's covering the shield or whatever, and they're like, this squad's coming in, and we're going to fucking murder them. But that exo squad is tricky because we go to the office of Dr. Zenobius, and here's what we get. This is Zenobius. What is happening? <laughs> I like the dialogue that like they have to remind the viewers yeah. who the characters are. This is Zenobius. <laughs> Hello, this is Dave of Watchbots. <laughs> Marsh and De Leon and Marsala burst in, and Marsala just says, Dr. Zenobius, I presume. <laughs> Which is like, well, this is a Dr. Livingston, I presume, reference? Like, what are we doing on this show? They're doing a lot of things, Ben. The Exo Squad is just fucking murdering saves left and right. They, they kidnap Zenobius. So we go back to the lake. Alex is fine. He climbs out of the lake. Napier fucks up one sape, another one shoots him. Diana is just standing alone in the woods and is beset on by yet another E-frame, like in like the weirdest quick cut ever. It's there for like a tenth of a second. I don't know how those things just sneak up on people, by the way. It's like, oh, this giant machine just... And you're like, wow, she was captured awfully easily. That seems kind of weird. But now we see that Napier is being interrogated by Shiva, I guess? There's a lot of sapes in there. I'm assuming it's Shiva. But then he turns and he goes into the room behind. And who do you see in there? Perfectly fine, but that fucking Diana. Uh, like the wheels in my head, the gears are turning a little bit. Listen, Diana's just very lucky. She knows how to tuck and roll. That's what you think. I'm just saying. That's what you think until Shiva speaks with her, and then the scarf falls. He is asking about you. Are you lovers? I've got a husband and a, a little girl. You know I'm only doing this for them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here's, the, I don't know are if I thought about this too lovers? much. She finish, doesn't finish it. I got a question for you guys. Uh, are, are you lovers? Are you lovers? Are you taking like, lovers walks? So we'll go into the like, the actual plot in a second. Mm-hmm. But also, if this is a cartoon for kids that are like age seven to twelve, are you lovers? Feels <laughs> so fucking inappropriate. Like if are my you son asked me, like sensual massages. Mm. Oh, sensual massage. We like to fill our bellies with ham and roll ourselves in thick woolen well, what blankets. What would you rather they say? Like, what, what are you fucking this guy? Did, you riding high on the hog? Are you a couple? You are you down. a couple? No. Do you no. like each other? No, I think lovers works because the, the sapes are, they're all like weird Shakespearean intellectuals. Like it's, lovers feels good. It's fucked up. I don't like it. Are you going steady? Yeah, are you going steady? Dave's got it. He are you surrounding that. his pole with your meat trips? Ugh. Like, what do you want him to say? Have you slugged Are you going knob? steady was perfect. Are you going steady? Have you lubed up your arches and let him go to town on your feet? <laughs> he's, he's going Hashtag steady. Hashtag I'm a foot guy. See, we're overlooking the most <laughs> important Tom. thing. The most I'm important part Tom. here. She says. She says. I have a husband and a child, but she looks embarrassed and doesn't say no. She never yeah. says She never no. says no. So are you to believe that she, to infiltrate, is Fuck actually like railing Sean Napier? Yeah. I would not be surprised if that was the case. 
And also, if we found out she's a liar, I would believe that too. Like Henry Rollins says. I would also believe it if in her mind she has like a weird construct of like husband versus lover versus espionage partner versus something else. I think it's a it's a cuckolding situation. Yes. Mm. All of it's plausible. Okay. Hashtag all of it's plausible. I don't like for a nine-year-old audience, are you lovers? Are you lovers? <laughs> I don't like it. Have you practiced the art of shinchi shinchi with your lover? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, uh, hit us up at Twitter at WatchBotsPod. If you think you have a better term for lovers, hashtag lovers quarrel. Hmm. So it's weird here because she was like, you're in shame. And then he tells her that she has to escape. So he shoots her so she can escape and I guess cover her tracks or whatever. But I don't give a fuck about that. What I do give a fuck about is Diana's weird, scared pain noise. Find out where they have taken Zenobius. <laughs> It's very, very upsetting. A creepy, upsetting <laughs> whimper. Like <laughs> now, now we're in like a a parapet of some sort, some kind of weird castle remnant, where the crew is interrogating Zenobius, and he quickly reveals the truth. I'm going to play two clips for you. I, I did not build the graph shield. I do not even know how it works. I'm only its lover, Doctor Algernon of the University of Chicago. I took credit for his discovery. He is a, a true genius. So what he says here paints he, he, an interesting an picture. an experiment around him, and it was flowers for Algernon. <laughs> is that the Neo-Sapiens were created to be smart, but not to be creative. Earlier in the episode, Marsala said that they lack adaptability. So they can do smart things, but can't understand or invent them. They were bred to be soldiers. Mm. That's what you're supposed to take away. It's like... No art. You go to Albert Einstein, and you're like, Albert, write me a sonata. And he can't do it. Similarly, you go to like a Rob Zombie, and you're like, Rob, give me a math equation. But he can do it, because he is adaptable. You're like, Rob, I want to hear about a girl who's not alive with one flat foot on the devil's wing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I got that shit for Mm -hmm. you. Also, right. do you want to hear about linear algebra? Because I can do that too. You guys want to hear my Dragula theorem? <laughs> got a Dragula theorem. It's fucking sweet. Sherry Moon loves it. Dig through the ditches times <laughs> R pi squared. <laughs> Equals Dragula. <laughs> First, it's, it's more human squared. There's a brilliant book idea here that I am not going to remember tomorrow. So please remind me. You guys hear about my cookbook? More cumin than cumin. It's okay. <laughs> What's your favorite use of a Rob Zombie song? For me, it's for the uh, the mid nineties Howie Long action vehicle Firestorm, where they played more <laughs> human than human on the commercials during the NFL games every Sunday. <laughs> and like it, it's Howie Long, and he's throwing an axe toward the camera, and she says Firestorm. I think mine's my favorite is um, when they use it in Cable Guy during Matthew Broderick's dream okay. about Jim Carrey's Cable Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And uh, yeah. probably whatever it's used in Fast and Furious, which I assume has to be plentiful, but maybe not. You said that, and it seemed real, but now that I'm trying to catalog it in my brain, I'm not. I want to make an a fan at it. So the point of this is that Doctor Zenobius has taken Doctor Algernon from Chicago to be his assistant, and Doctor Algernon is on Venus. 
but they can't go to Venus because they're stuck on Earth. And you might think that that's a troubling situation, but De Leon points it out in the most like placid, emotionless way possible. He's right, JT. We can't get to Venus. We're trapped here on Earth. <laughs> what is that delivery? <laughs> oh, no, good night, sweet prince. I'll see you on in the morning. Okay. Earth. Okay, little guy. That's your <laughs> bedtime story. And that's literally the end of Exo Squad <laughs> right there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot going on here. Would you show this to a child? And why would you show it to a child, Shailen? I would not show this to a child on purpose because- <laughs> Only on accident. I mean, there's Stephanie. lots of things that I would show to a kid by accident. <laughs> what the fuck? Cartoons. Like that time that our five and a half year old keeps bringing up to every single person Remember the time? Do you remember that time when we watched that really violent cartoon with Wolverine and the Hulk and there was blood? And every single time, like, I, it said PG. I didn't know. With this, too many questions, too much colonialism, too many murders and deaths. And also, I didn't care for any character in the whole show. Okay. Dave? No, I would not show this to a child. Like I've alluded to a couple times here, it's for adults. I enjoyed it as an adult, but I enjoyed the, the toys as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to say no, just it's too confusing, tough logic to follow. Dark themes, heavy, heavy shit. Very heavy. And let's go with uh, one to five Dracula theorems. Chalen, yeah. you're first. Two Dracula theorems. It was fine. No, it was That's less than half, fine. Wow. Two and a half is fine. I don't watch a cartoon to feel stuff politically or emotionally. <laughs> then why do you watch Trump? I don't. The Trumpsons. Don't watch any of those things you just <laughs> Why said. do you watch That's My Bush? None of those things. You keep watching Trump rats. <laughs> All I want to watch on a Trump, cartoon Trump is something that is silly and lighthearted. And if there's a message, I want the message to be something like, be kind. Not rewind. Find a very nuanced message within this cartoon that has like 17 different political agendas and bad animation and weird music. I want, like, why is the music so weird? The music is meant for an adult TV show that's not quite a sitcom. It's like a serious version, like a Murphy Brown. Yeah, they should Murphy Brown be serious. It was serious enough that it could have warranted this music. This cartoon did not warrant it. Wait, wait, wait. I was doing a Rob Zombie impression. Could you say what you said again about Murphy Brown? Not serious. It was serious? No. Or what? It, it was you not. You said it was serious, Shailen? I said it was not. No, I was talking about Shailen. I think Murphy Brown is serious to the point <laughs> that it would warrant the music in the cartoon. That they took the house painting job very seriously. Oh, real serious. Did she marry that guy? No, but they got together. They did, right? Yeah. The, the, her and the husband. the father of her baby. They were a modern day couple, Ben. They didn't require the constraints of marriage to make That's it true. official. Yeah. Uh, Throw those judgy looks away, Ben. Elton. His when name is, is Elton. When is Murphy Brown going to have its moment? Like, it, the, didn't it come back? The Wasn't kid, there oh, a Oh, that's right. They did do a new it Murphy did, Brown. Yeah, yeah. God. Anyway, we're far afield here. You're chilling, Dave, you're chilling, you're what would you rate tanks. it? I would give this a three and a half. A lot you're of wrong. Because of the toys. That's I fair. think the music is very way off. They're very janky. Should have had Rob Zombie do it. Mm-hmm. I think I, I would have given this a higher score had they got the the way they present the themes 
better, but like the way it's that the opening intro is just like yikes. If I'm judging this as a cartoon for adults, I think it gets the three and a half because it, it it's kind of a fun episodic. Uh, not fun. It's a it's like an interesting episodic tale. But yeah, three and a half. And the animation is very good. This is a show that, like Aziz Ansari, tries to be a jack of all trades, but is truly a master of none. For a kid's show, it's too heavy-handed and kind of gross. We and love us. For an adult show, like, give me fucking Pickle Rick any day of the week. You know what I'm saying? I don't. <laughs> and similar to Shailen, I don't want to see insurrections on my cartoons. I want to see Pickle Rick, you know? Or fart jokes. I'm in the middle of my review here. Or fart jokes. With you know, Pickle Rick will give you those as well. Yeah. This is a three-star show. It's right down the middle. And really, it's because of the toys. The toys are awesome. Yeah, I don't need your fucking approval. It's my review. And that... Is Exo Squad. We've talked about toys a lot tonight. You sure have. Not enough about the Robin Williams movie, but what can you do? Well, Ben, I'm really, really glad you brought that up because the name <laughs> of my game tonight is called Send That Over to the Poop Department. Sure. <laughs> a line made famous by Robin Williams in the 1992 movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Co-starring LL Cool J. And Michael Kimball. So, as I was saying I'm earlier. Sorry, Joan Cusack? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the doll or something. Right? She's an android. The sister, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I'll put that up. So, <laughs> thank you. So, um, as I was saying earlier, I was, I was been really into, like, just looking at old old, old toys. And um, what my research brought me to was knockoff toy lines. Sure. You know, I remember being very young and, and my grandmother would come home and she'd, or, or come to my house and be like, I got you this toy for, you know, I was at, I was at a Walgreens or Walmart or whatever. I got you this toy. Here you go. And I was like, oh shit. Is it a Ninja Turtle? No, it, it's a knockoff Power Ranger. It's, mm-hmm. it, that is not related at all. This is, I would a Sour Ranger. Get, yeah. I would rather not get a toy than get, get a knockoff one. It's garbage. So send that over to the poop department. All these questions these trivia questions are going to be related to knock off toy lines okay okay shaylana i'm gonna let you go first okay okay this is everyone's favorite the teenage mutant ninja turtles so there's tons of knockoffs and ripoffs mm-hmm. which one of these is not a real knockoff ninja turtle heroes of the world fighters b little plucky's ninja protects C, Reptilian Karate Titans, or D, Ninja Hero Rider? D. Ooh, no, I'm sorry. The answer, was, rep- the, the answer was Reptilian Karate Titans. I was going to say that, but then, you're, then you, you hesitated in a way that I thought that maybe that was real. No, I, I hesitated because I, I um, misspelled something and I couldn't read it. Little Plucky was my nickname when I pledged to the fraternity. Little Plucky. Little Plucky. So Heroes of the World Fighters are, um, it's, it looks like someone animated the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the style of season one Simpsons. Like they're all like, the toy looks like really melty. It's really <laughs> okay. weird. All oh, right. I'll send you guys pictures after. Cowabunga, boy. We're going to get some frosty chocolate pizza. The picture I saw looked like someone shoved Leonardo in a microwave and took him out 
<laughs> just before he started melting. Little Plucky's Ninja Protects is hilarious because the box shows Raphael like shooting something. Like maybe it's a, I, I think it might be a slingshot, but there's Shredder dead on the ground underneath. <laughs> oh. And then Ninja Hero Rider is like, it's clearly a knockoff of Ninja Turtles, but they're dressed in like loincloths, and I think, and they're actually toads and they're riding horses. So it makes no sense, but they were trying to capitalize on it. So no points for Shailen. Ben? None points. What up? None points. Question two. Try to guess the knockoff name and the brand it's trying to knock off. Okay? Okay. So you got to guess the name and the brand it's trying to knock off. Uh-huh. With this clue. A superhero only Bob Barker could love. Hmm. A superhero only Bob Barker could love Plinko Man, and it is a ripoff of um, Lobo. <laughs> can I get a half a point if I guess this right? I was just going to say, Shailen, you can steal this. No, I got it correct, so there's actually not a chance. No, this is uh, the crazy cat lady action figure because you should always spay and neuter your pets. Shailen, you are super duper close. Uh, now, it's a real superhero. Uh, that this is knocking off. So, what would a spay? Yeah, it's a vet man. Spay. <laughs> the neuterator. Spady in red. Oh, you're so close. Spady, spady senses, spader. Spader man. Spader man. <laughs> so, there's a <laughs> toy line called Spader man. I'm going to give you a point five. It's a uh, there's a bunch of shitty Spider Man knockoffs. So sure. Spider Man makes no sense. So there, uh, there's other ones. There's um no Spider Man makes sense because you should always spay and neuter your pets. No, it's because yeah. it's James Spader under the mask. I also yeah, like you, that you you take it off and it's just chubby James Spader from <laughs> <in> the office. <laughs> so Spider Man is by far the weirdest name they could have given the Spider Man knockoff. But like there's one where they didn't even try. It was Spitting Silk Man. There was one that was like, he was like an army guy. So he's like mm. kind of military crawling, but he's got a rifle. It's like, I don't know if Spider-Man ever used a, a rifle. I, I don't know. I didn't watch Unlikely. Movie, 80s cartoon, but. Only when he was a Nam. <laughs> he was a photojournalist there. Mm-hmm. Okay, Shailen. Ready. Galaxy Fighters and Galaxy Heroes are knockoffs of what brand? Is it A? Masters of the Universe, B, Star Wars, C, Star Trek, or D, Exosquad? Star Wars. No. no. Damn it. Masters of the Universe is the answer. Do you know that in Target the other day, I saw a man look at every single Masters of the Universe action figure before heavily sighing, making eye contact with me, and putting every single one of them back one at a time? That's me at most toy. toy he systems. must have been looking for something. Real uncomfortable. Little, little boy action, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Maybe he was looking for a particular one. That's like when I, when we were in Target, just Shailen and I by ourselves, and I found the uh, G.I. Joe classified Major Blood. Tough to find, and I bought three. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you uh, told your wife you were going to Petco, and then drive 20 minutes further out to a Walmart yeah. that you read had the Ghostbusters reissue line, just to look for Peter Bankman and they had nada. I don't want to get far afield here, but we're, we're doing it. Walmart and their exclusive toys, Target 2, fuck that. Walmart, a few months ago, had the foldable Batman Batarang from like the, the 
89 movie, sold out everywhere. Now, they have a fucking Turbo Man from Jingle All the Way. They have a new Turbo what? Man, and this thing's impossible to find. Oh, my God. Just Maybe they didn't make any. They just made it like the movie. <laughs> just a tease, yeah. <laughs> I went in, and Chris Parnell was laughing at me. And I said, where's your Christmas spirit? You're making my wife's cookies, Herman. It was a Masters of the Universe toys? It was, yes. So you have, um, they took like the molds from the, of the bodies of the Masters of the Universe toys, and then they just put like random heads of things on it. It's really wild. Um, awful, awful nightmare creatures. Yeah, so you're not far off, Shailen. The, the toy I saw was, I think it was a Galaxy Fighter. It had a He-Man body mm-hmm. and with a like, what looked like a, a Star Wars Tusken Raider head. Yes. Really fucked up. I want that more than I want any Tuscan Raider. Yeah, yeah. Ben, you ready? Hell yeah. Which of these is not uh, original G.I. Joe knockoff? When I say original, like the 1930s one. <laughs> An original G.I. Joe knockoff. 60s. Which of these is not? Uh, sorry, 60s, yes. Uh, which of these 70s. is not a 80s. G.I. Joe knockoff? Is it Super Mike? Is it Dan Daring? Or is it Bruce Action? Super Mike, Dan Daring, or Bruce Action? I think it's Bruce Action. No, no. Super Mike and Bruce Action are both G.I. Joe knockoffs. Dan Daring. Well, I I can't confirm this. I didn't Google it, but I made that one up. I'm going to look it up. That's right. That was fiction. Didn't Ben pick the right answer then? No, I said no. no. I said Bruce Action. Oh, Bruce Action. No, no points Dan for you. Dan Daring. But- if you look up Super Mike, he's got like this adorable little sweater turtleneck thing going on. Um, really cute. Aww. And then um, Bruce Action, he's in olive green pants and like an olive green fleece sweater, but he just looks homeless. He doesn't look like an action sure. hero. Yeah, he, his clothes look like more dirty and less you know, camouflage. Absolutely. Action comes when people least expect it from our heroes. Shailen. Dave. Name the toy brand that... The line Power Teens is knocking off. I would assume it's Power Rangers, but... Nope, nope. Stick with that assumption. (laughs) Dave, I assume it's Power Rangers. (laughs) That is correct. Now finish your assumption. Hell yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because I cannot think of another group of teenagers with the word power in their name. I can think of many power groups like Captain Power that are not teenagers and I can think of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles but they're like power teens doesn't sound super reptilian yeah yeah you're you're, you're spot on like the, the your your line of thinking here is, is really good I, I I appreciate it but looking this up made me really mad because I remember like I alluded to earlier my grandmother was like Here's a Power Ranger. And I was like, that's not a Power Ranger. It's just a person in a shiny red suit <laughs> with, a, with a helmet that looks like a Power Ranger. Oh, God. I can't bring this to school. So when <laughs> I was in elementary school, I should. So the history here is my grandparents had four children, and the four children have roughly a thousand grandchildren. Sure. Like, there's a fuck ton of my cousins. There's so many of us. And so for Christmas every year, what used to happen is each aunt and uncle would pull names of how many kids they had. So if if you have four kids, you pull four names. If you have 10 kids, you pull 10 names and you get what you get as a, as one of the cousins. Sure. Of like you get one present from your aunt or uncle 
and you get one present from grandma and grandpa. And grandma and grandpa always got you a sweater or pajamas. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. With the exception of one year, one time, one child. And so there was a year <laughs> when my uncle and my aunt pulled my name and they accidentally got me the correct My Little Pony brand with the fancy, it was like a fancy My Little Pony. And my uncle pulled me aside and he was like, normally I would never buy My Little Pony for someone because they fall apart and they're kind of cheap. But this one looked really weird and I thought you'd like it. And I still have that My Little Pony at 36 years old. So it was an actual My Little Pony? It wasn't an alcohol? They accidentally, so they intended to buy me like a weird knockoff, but instead they bought me a real branded My Little Pony just like two years after it was popular. Got him. You tricked your uncle. You got him good. You tricked me with that story too. I didn't know what, no, zigging and zagging all over the place. I still got got her. She's in the attic. I got her. Ben. Yeah. Shailen's up one and a half. One and a half points. Uh, Absolutely. Here's your question. Line of toys called Stellar Force, featuring mm-hmm. a monster described on the package only as highly detailed, powerful beast. <laughs> What's this knocking off? What brand? Is it A, Star Wars, B, Aliens, C, Exosquad, or D, Masters of the Universe? Aliens. You're correct. Yeah. You've got a point. I actually am aware of that line. I don't care what that means. It's truly awful looking. Um, it's just like this soldier that's like all blue and then the alien looks like a bat. It's like they popped the alien's head off and put it on a bat body. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shailen. The bat alien. Dave. This big food or beverage brand. Big Try food them. or beverage yeah. brand. Big food or beverage brand. That's really hard to say. It's hard. Uh, they tried to rip off Micro Machines with a line called <laughs> Tiny Tufts. Um, which makes me laugh because if you had a T, it's really gross. Tiny tuts. Is it McDonald's, Olive Garden, which is Dom Toretto's favorite restaurant, <laughs> Jimmy Dean, or Coca Cola? It is not me, Familia, Dom Toretto's no, favorite. Not Tiny Tufts. Tiny Tufts. That sounds like a Coca Cola brand to me, but it might be McDonald's, but I'll go with Coca Cola. You are correct. Yeah, you got two and a half points. Benny got Tiny one. Tuffs. However, this is the last question. Both of you are going to play this one. I'm ben. ready. Hold on. Let me center my chair. <laughs> this is a two-point question. So, Ben, you okay. get it right. You'll have three points. Shailen, and, and you could win. Shailen, if you get it, uh, well, obviously you win. Ben loses. Ben loses big time. So, I'm going to give you a toy brand. Mm-hmm. you're going to give me a terrible knockoff version of it. Okay. Right? So the more in-depth, the better, right? I sure. want creativity here. Shailen, you can't do your cop out of like, oh, it's this, but the opposite thing. That's the end. It's it, fine. It, it you don't cat. have to give me a cop-out version. It's, it it's good. I'm ready. So I'm on the wavelength for this game. More in-depth, the better. So I want you to think about the kind of toy it is, the, you know, the name, the accessories, all that stuff. So I'm going to give you two... Brand toy lines? Mm-hmm. You can do this. Shailen, Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. That's the toy line you have to knock off. And Ben, you have to knock off Transformers. Okay. The Ghostbusters knockoff brand, mm-hmm. they're in fact the middle-aged scientists of the future brand. Okay. 
Egon Spengler's name is James Spangler. And what James does is uses a lot of fucking beakers and he is a laser pointer. And every kid under the age of nine is like, holy shit, it comes with a laser pointer. I don't care about any of the plot. I don't care about any of the design. I want a laser pointer. Middle age scientist action figure line. Boom. All right. Got it. I've got my notes on that one. Ben, what about Transformers? How are you knocking that off? Yeah, this is called the Robo Tonka series, right? So we all know everybody's favorite part of Transformers. It's not the big robots. It's when they're cars, baby. So what these are, they're like cars, right? So picture you're looking at like a yellow dump truck, right? And this one's called sure. Dump Tour. You're looking at it and you're like, okay, okay. And like you can kind of see like the glimmer of like an elbow in the driver's seat, but then you go to transform it and it, it doesn't, it's just, it's a truck, but it, you can see like <laughs> on the, on the bottom, like, Oh, here's like a little face where the oil pan should be. And the accessories are uh, made of platinum and that's where the money goes. Okay. Robo Tonka. Uh, and the, the tagline is um, beat them and eat them. Man, this is a tough choice. Uh, Shailen, I really like your middle-aged scientist's gag. You're really deconstructing the Ghostbusters there. Thank you. <laughs> ben, your Robotonka is yeah. you know a nice callback to the GoBots being from the Tonka line, I believe? Totally on purpose. Yeah, yeah. A really nice nice touch there. Beat him and eat him, and the fact that the... <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the things don't actually transform is the winner. So... Just just edging Shailen. We have yeah. Ben with three points to Shailen's two and a half. I'm two so and sorry, a half. Shailen. I'm not two sorry. And two a and a half. half to three feels like a real victory given the fact that I always lose every game. Wow. That's, that's not true. I've, uh, I've given you some wins. Um. I almost <laughs> always lose almost every game. It's a similar thing. Shailen and I will occasionally play some Dr. Mario. Her win percentage not good, but then again, I'm a world-class Dr. Mario player. What can I say? Okay, so Dr. Mario, here's the thing, real talk. I'm bad at it. Here's the thing, real talk. Who are you? Real talk, talk guys. Real talk. Real talk. I'm bad at that There's game. only one kind of real talk I want, and that's the real talk that you get when you dig into the mailbag. Let's dig in, buddy. The best part of anything is cool vehicles. A wealthy relative dies, and you get enough of that bag to procure any vehicle, and I do mean any. What do you pick? Yours in family, Tom Doretto. Thanks, Tom. This is the easiest answer in the world, and the answer is the USS Enterprise Next Generation version. <laughs> oh, oh, we can go that far. Okay. That is, I, says any. I'm going with any. I was yeah. going to say a Honda Civic because they never die. Uh, what? So I need to. I need to go back <laughs> and think harder. This is the turkey sandwich of dream sandwiches God. right here. <laughs> oh man, a Honda Civic! Wow, I can have whatever I want. Real Please talk. Me, that answer me. sucked. I want a car that <laughs> will never life. die. Man, I just want you know, just one of those fucking sweet Corollas. You know what I'm talking about? It's a Honda Civic. What is maybe wrong with you? I'm practical. That's what's wrong with me. I picked the coolest starship in the galaxy, and I picked a Honda Civic. I'm gonna meet you guys kind of halfway in between. I'm, I'm grounded, but I'm still flighty <laughs> here, or fanciful. A Honda Stargazer. 
It's a 1994 <laughs> Ford Windstar. No, uh, it is the uh, Batman Returns Batmobile. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. But the thing, the sides that shoot out and go narrow down mm-hmm. alleys. I have other options. I was going practical with the Honda Civic because they don't die. Yeah, that's what we do on the shows. We give practical answers. All right, I'm going to go back. A 57 Chevy has the biggest fins of any ridiculous classic car, and they're stupid and wasteful and beautiful, and I love them. A 66 VW Microbus that's the camper with like the lift-up-y top that you can just live in. Very into those. So, Shaley. I'm not done. What we do on this show. A 65 Corvette, which I almost got to drive one time, but I chickened out. Ultimately, do you want to know what I'm going to land on? I don't know. Like a a Buddy Holly mobile? Do you remember my 2001 Saturn? Oh, my God. In heaven. It was a five-speed, and I could get 42 miles to the gallon back road. God damn it, Shaley. The correct answer was the mystery machine. The mystery machine. I don't know, the DeLorean? No. RVRV? I want a long-term investment that's going to save me over time. Uh, the, I'm not inheriting some kind of bullshit. Riders. Whatever. What is more Wait, I can actually have a T-Rex? The USS Enterprise. The T- Go back. You, you I can it, have a dinosaur? Be, you could be like Scooter from the GoBots. Can I have Dino? I just want to ride Dino. Dino's a pet. I don't think Dino's a pet. Or People a, wrote a, a him. Vehicle. Who wrote Dino? Fred. No, he didn't. He no, did. He put a saddle on him. No, he didn't. Then the fucking Brontosaurus, they put the saddle on. Who's like a beloved horse? You could you could have picked a beloved horse, Doc Brown's horse from Back to the Future 3. I would the take one a horse. from Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken? No, <laughs> that's not a means of transport. That's for tricks. The Muttmobile from Dumb and Dumber? You picked a 2001 Saturn. Because it was so fucking fuel efficient. It was saving me thousands of dollars every you, you single want fuel year. Efficient, you could pick the Jetsons car. Anything from the Wacky Races? The Millennium Falcon. Oh, holy shit. I would like to retract every answer. I am driving the Death Star. <laughs> See, that's a pretty funny answer. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> well, it only took I us- choose the Death Star. It only took us 40 minutes of prompts to get there, but we got to an answer. It was your dream sandwich of vehicles. Oh, my God. Sometimes I need coaching to dream big, okay? My dreams are not huge. I'm happy. Uh, I'm content. I'm bad whatever. Listeners, we want to hear from you at WatchBotSpot on Twitter. What is your um, your dream vehicle? Hashtag Honda Civic. <laughs> and you can also email at uh, email at watchbotspod.com. So that will take us to the end here. I'll point out that of our three hosts, I'm the most relatable, picking a fuel-efficient <laughs> family car. Yeah, nobody's more relatable than you. In my 600 <laughs> years of experience. Yeah. <laughs> I think the listeners of the Cartoon Podcast <laughs> would really want to hear about Honda Civic. I had a whole thing here, like, relating the sort of hellscape that our world is turning into, like, you know, transitioning into ExoSquad, but you, you started talking about relatability. I found that I found the connective tissue. Uh-huh. When we go from now, our current present state, into the dystopic future, mm-hmm. people are going to rely upon the three of us to bring humor and good happiness. Well, you know what? And Great mood. Practical advice. Put a pin in that because... Some things are brewing here. But you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Foursquare at WatchBotsPod. Please subscribe, rate, and review five stars at iTunes and Spotify and all that. For Dave and for Shailen, this is Ben. Thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots. And, you know, I'm sorry that your whole family is at the gallows. 
and they've, they've been William Wallace and the world is bursting into flames and it's raining glass. But the good news is- giant, enormous grasshopper overlords. The good news is that Shailen is going to sing to you about the Honda Civic to the tune of Dragula by Rob Zombie. And that's going to make your final moments just hideously insufferable. (laughs) But this is the gift that we bring to you. yourself a civic and you take your car and you drive away get you some gasoline and get away from grasshoppers and your family is fucked and get away and then they all died <laughs>